kick us off, Joe. Oh, God, every time. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually going to come through perfectly in the recording. <laughs> uh, um, welcome back to another episode of It's Almost the Weekend. My name Hell is Joe, yeah. and this is our first ever episode, apparently, because that's the energy that I'm bringing. I love every time that we kick off an episode, sometimes we just say our name and I just feel like there's no worse way to open a podcast. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Uh, maybe not though. <laughs> as soon as you said that, I went through like all of the examples in my head of other podcasts that I respect saying their name at the top of the episode. And I was like, no, there's not many. And then a bunch more came to me. And I was like, oh, there's actually heaps. Wow. Um, there you go. So, um, you know, let's I'm say not- 50-50. Yeah, I'm not listening to the right kind of podcasts by the sound of it. Yeah. Or maybe I just have bad taste. Who knows? It's all possible in the spectrum of reality. Speaking of bad taste, what are you been playing, Joe? No, I'm kidding. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah, I've just been busy with work. And um, yeah, like I said before we jumped on the call, I've been getting into doing a little bit of D&D stuff. Um, Sick. D- dungeon mastering, as it were. Haven't had a sesh yet, but next week I think will be the first one. On Monday, we're going to kick it off. And cool. uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to do do my dungeon thing again. It's been it's been a while. And last time I did it, I was like, um, that was a long time ago. And I'd like re I tried to like redo a bunch of core systems in <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, which I don't think worked very well. Very, right. Um, yeah. I, I think I was just jumping the gun a little bit, but it was still fun. Yeah, you got to got to get in there make those mistakes though yeah i totally. feel like a dungeons and dragons is all about experience yo in more than one way if you know what i mean oh yeah there's there's two ways <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah no i've been good i've been playing uh a good chunk of that armored core oh yeah should we do a bit of a lowdown because <sighs> we had we had a, a big day where we just got together and play armored core and it was the best it was we had pretty wonderful greasy gamer fuel vibes going on it was <laughs> it was delicious i mean you brought the quality snack so i don't know how greasy the, the gamer fuel was it was like nourishing and delightful gamer fuel i'll take it yeah i will take it yeah um uh, maybe we shelf the uh, Armor Core 6 for now and return to it once we're out of the news. Oh, okay. You really? Oh, interesting. How do you feel about that? I don't know how much yeah, I have yeah. to say about Armor Core, but maybe we'll, once we get into it, we'll figure it out. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a bunch of that. I've played a little bit more Baldur's Gate 3. Um, oh, yeah played a session the other night and one of my characters like one of the core crew of characters that you that are in my party killed another character in my party and now they're just fucking dead oh and, fuck yeah <laughs> and so that that's so cool that that can happen in a game like that where you're like oh you know i don't this character like isn't in my core party right now but they're at my camp and i'm definitely going to bring them out again and then mm. all of a sudden they're just dead because they wow. got in an argument. Wow, that's some argument. What's the uh, what's the deal there? Can you revivify them, or is no? Is they're that, gone. That's done. Wow, that's uh, that's some bold shit. I like it. Yeah, I mean, so characters can die in combat, and you can revivify them. I think if you have a spell uh, or mm-hmm. a um, a scroll as well, you know, scroll of revivification. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, but yeah, if they, I think if they die in story related or just like choice related uh, instances, they're just dead, dead. Wow, that's awesome. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I think I mentioned that- it in another episode, but I was playing with workmates ages ago or a little while ago now, and we killed one of my favorite characters just like walking, walked up to them and started a, a battle. <laughs> yeah, and then killed yeah. them, and then that was it. And yeah, I was like, holy shit! You don't get to see any of the stuff that I'm gonna get to see as this character grows in the in the story. Yeah, That's it. Um, man, yeah, it blows my mind because it's already a big game, right? Mm. You do one playthrough, and it's just this huge experience. But then you can try again. You know, talk about that replayability, mm-hmm. and you you've got a different you starting character who's a different class and has a different history and you'll just see completely different things. And that just blows my mind that the scale is not only impressive during one playthrough, but you get to like redo things and things play out very differently. It's uh yeah, it, it sounds like a monumental achievement, honestly. Totally. I have, there's also, I haven't looked into this, but there's also a character who's one of like the core starter characters that you can pick if you don't want to make your own who's called oh, yeah. the dark urge or something and apparently the dark urge <laughs> <laughs> and apparently their campaign is just completely different again like it's just a whole new side story that no one gets to play unless they choose to play as the dark urge i might be wrong right. about that but that's just what i heard that that would make sense because they did that with divinity so yeah. like we we got into divinity and i uh, made my character very excited to make you divinity character but there are six characters to choose from and if you just choose one of those characters which you find throughout the game regardless of whether you make one or not the story is completely different and so yeah. it i mean it sounds like divinity is a little bit denser than Baldur's gate but it really changes things when you can have this kind of generic experience with a character you've created yourself versus this kind of pre-written experience. Yeah. And there's like six of them in that yeah. game. So yeah. yeah, I I can imagine that this Dark Urge character is, is probably something similar. And, you know, maybe there's more opportunities for DLC and stuff where they add more characters that you can start as and that that changes things again. Well, they, yeah, they did the same thing that Divinity did. Like all of the starter uh, NPCs that end up in your party are also playable as your main character. So you oh. don't have to make one. You can just choose one of those guys too. There you go. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, I, that would be interesting if they made a whole new character. There's also like characters that you meet later in the game, which would be really cool to like play their end of the story. You, you know, you like you don't start in the same place as everyone else starts. You start somewhere else right uh, yeah like there's a apparently if you play like an evil campaign and you side with the goblins and you don't kill the goblin leaders you can make friends with one of the goblin leaders and they end up in your party oh um, sick and she's this really powerful mage lady or something uh but yeah if she was a character and you didn't start on the ship and you just started the game as you know a goblin leader <laughs> that'd be sick oh man i imagine the mod scene is just gonna be bubbling with that kind yeah. of creative juice I think there's already heaps of mods that people have made f- to fill out spellbook. So like you can do extra homebrew spells that aren't in like the core 5e thing, you know, like if there's good lord expansions and stuff that people really like spells from they've already made. They've already made DLC or not DLC. Um what's it called? Mods for that. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. How have you been doing? What have you been up to? What's been going on? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm I'm thrashing it out here. My like health has been really good since I've been back in Melbourne. So hell yeah, loving life. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of Returnal still, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna try and keep it short because I was super embarrassed about my just stream of consciousness Returnal rant from last week. Oh really, dude? Uh, I didn't even I didn't pay it no mind. <laughs> I, I had a good time with it. <laughs> Great. I love this game. I uh, hundred I hundred percented the like story content uh, a couple of days ago. Very satisfying. Very bold storytelling. Mm. Very very emotional. Really reminded me of David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of scenes there just designed to make you feel an emotion rather than to communicate any specific plot points, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, for me, that's like a very bold thing to put in a game because it's kind of ambiguous and you get to walk away with your own interpretation, which is why David Lynch is so popular. I mean, he's popular for a bunch of other reasons, but that that core reason of just being able to go into an experience with friends, you know, going to the cinema and walking away with something different, I feel like Returnal is going to have uh, a similar impact. And so... Mm. I've got my interpretation of what happens, which I love and is just crazy. I can't believe the studio went for something like this. <laughs> and and so I loved my the whole time. The gameplay, uh, it, it did take me a bit of getting used to, you know, the intense firefights versus the uh, spelunking around and the Metroidvania kind of secret finding aspect of the game Mm -hmm. and and so i got used to it eventually i was like oh yeah this is good this is balanced there's a million items to find i was still finding new guns um you know on my third last run kind of deal so and i i hundred percented that shit so (laughs) it it, it really is jam-packed yeah And, and uh it's a good it's actually, you know, it is hard, but it is a good kind of starting point for roguelikes because roguelikes are generally harder than roguelites, like, like we talked about on that episode ages ago. Mm. Um, but Returnal is quite short. So you'll you'll see the credits roll after about 20 hours in Returnal. And that's, that's uh, unlike other roguelikes, that's kind of a decent stopping point for, yep. for a lot of people. Um, and it, it was probably just under 30 hours where I a hundred percented everything. So that, you know, that feels like a very approachable length of time for, for a game with this amount of depth. Mm. Um, anyway, so like I said, I, I had to spend a bit of time getting used to the dynamics of the gameplay where there were these intense firefights and then you go searching for items and after a while you unlock this thing called the tower of Sisyphus and I have... I have a feeling this is maybe a, a, an update they did post-release. Yeah. Were you were you uh, exploring the Tower of Sisyphus when you were playing, or was that not a thing? I that I've never heard of that. I mean, I I know what Sisyphus is, and I know what a tower is. But <laughs> I haven't heard of them together like that. Before, no. Right. Okay. So I mean, you can kind of imagine what it is, but. It's basically the most roguelikey shit I have ever played. <laughs> so it's just this tower and it's it's got all these brand new rooms, brand new items. 
uh, new bosses and you you it basically cuts out the dynamics of the main game so all it is is firefights and upgrades and there's like hardly any breathing space right, yeah. and, and and so you just you just go up so you kill the enemies and then you run to a teleporter and like the faster you kill and the faster you get in that teleporter you get like currency bonus so oh, you, wow. can sp- you can spend that later on and so it's this hyper fast-paced firefight action and you're just killing things and running to teleporters and it's endless Mm. you just i like went up 70 rooms before and there's all this story content that you unlock and like there's still the audio tapes that you find and celine going to the tower of sisyphus rather than sticking to the main planet and it's just wild it's just wild that they've implemented this completely different experience yet very returnal and i'm just in awe with house marker i think i think they're the fucking best they just know gameplay i feel like they know how to make things fun and so yeah i have just been so addicted to the tower of sisyphus yeah hell yeah i think there's also co-op for the tower of sisyphus yeah is that co-op. the land of co-op Co- I mean, co-op is everywhere oh, in Returnal. Okay. You, right, can you can just play the whole thing with co-op. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dope. Okay. Yeah. Um, is- hell yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, are you going to keep going or you feel like you've hit the stopping point? Um, I just like 100%ed the Tower of Sisyphus stuff. Um, but I think I'm just going to keep going for a little bit. The problem is it's very intense. Mm. I sw- I sweat a lot when I play <laughs> the Tower of Sisyphus. That's funny. The the main game is pretty intense as it is, but you've got so much breathing room mm. that it's not, you know, it doesn't really build up into a fervor, but this is just so full on. <laughs> and so if you, if you like I don't know, in the main game you can have a run that lasts 3 hours and you know, it's a big journey and it's it's got that like explorative thing that's really satisfying. But this this is like if a run lasts 50 minutes, it's just been 50 minutes of firefights. And by the end, you're just sweating. You're out of <laughs> breath. It's like this full-on visceral experience. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Sounds transcendent. Sounds like you've found your game of the year perhaps (laughs) look i'm not gonna lie i yeah i i was deeply moved by everything that returnal did and just the depth in all the systems in the Mm. currency in the health in the weapons in the items in the parasites the level design the creature design Mm -hmm. oh man everything everything just hits right on the money and uh yeah god it it's kind of like if Titanfall were a roguelike and they made it weird and kind of uh, resogunny, which obviously makes a lot of yeah. sense because it's Housemark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, man, if, if y'all haven't played Returnal and you own a PS5, ooh, that is that is a good time that you've got ahead of you. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's a, an underrated game, um, underplayed as well. Like, uh, I think a lot of people missed out on it because of the whole shortage of PlayStations thing. And by the time people mm. did get PlayStation fives, it was like too late, kind of fl- the cuckoo had flown. And, um, but yeah, it is, it, it is on this service, right? The PlayStation premium Boyo game service. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. it's on the the playstation game pass whatever game they call pass it. version whatever they had yeah yeah god yeah. they need a person to do branding for them um oh my or god persons <laughs> it's a big problem um yeah shout out as well to uh an ex-freelance client of mine his name is gregory gregory loudon he was returnal's narrative and cinematic director holy um, shit who yeah he made a game with me called stone which is i think still available to be played on pretty much everything it's the story right. about a stoner koala who um loses his memory i think uh and has to find out what happened to his partner it's sort of like <laughs> a detective story wow that's yeah. awesome yeah um I don't think it did very well, and I, I don't know. It's, it's it's like a real small little his his version of of a of, of a video game, um, but I think he's it really well placed as narrative and cinematic director. I think, I think all the wow. stuff that Housemark did with him for Returnal was excellent. Yeah, yeah, big time, and especially for the cinematics because there's not a huge amount of cinematics, but. Mm. There are more than you'd expect from a game like this, and yeah. there's a lot of nuance in them, and there's a lot of physical storytelling, and yeah, it's it's really good. Kudos. What was what was that person's name? Uh, that's Gregory Loudon. Gregory Loudon. Mad shout out. Yeah, shout out to Gregory. Um, I don't have any speaking of, but do you have any news? Oh, I got some news. I got a big box of chicken. Oh, we love it. Let's, um, let's digest. Well, yeah, look, I'm over-promising. Uh, let's not lie. I've just been so consumed by Returnal. I didn't, <laughs> like, I forgot we would, How you know. How last minute I is this news? <laughs> oh, bro. I mean, I did it this, I did it this morning. That's but, pretty good. But I've only been, you know, walking the dog and playing Returnal since then. So not, yeah, right. not, not a great excuse. Oh, uh, look, I mean, I was still doing stuff for the topic on my train home tonight. So you're <laughs> forgiven, in my eyes, at least. Uh, amazing. All right. First chicken wing we got. Uh, and this interested me a fair bit. The Epic Game Store is offering developers 100% of revenue for six months of exclusivity. Um, oh, you know yeah. What? I definitely didn't write that. You know how I write my own my own things? I, yeah. I think that's a that's a blatant copy and paste. There's no mm -hmm. way I would keep it that normal. Um, but nevertheless, that's uh, that's attractive, right? A hundred percent revenue. It's pretty nuts. And it's not like games, Epic Game Store is some small timer. Like that's that's still a huge audience that you're reaching. Yeah, I mean, I I think. In my eyes, Epic Game Store is a little bit of a flop compared to Steam. Uh, I think it's still being used, but I don't. I don't go like almost every day. I'll open Steam and look at the front page and just see what's selling. Right. Uh, but I have like I just opened Epic Games just then to look at what what's going on, and it's like oh yeah, <laughs> it's kind of it's still kind of slow and it's still kind of clunky. I know they're trying to speed it up, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it's a weird place to go to look at video games. Right, right, okay. So so maybe this isn't kind of some uh, smart marketing thing. This is out of desperation. It definitely feels like a, a really strong play at like trying to get, like grab some market share. Like mm. they have the money to be able to, you know, do at least six months of 100% rev, you know, like take, take wow. it, please. 
Um, obviously, like they're just fucking raking it in still from Fortnite and Unreal Engine and other royal. Like, can you imagine the amount of money that Epic Games makes on any given day of the week? It's unfathomable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think they're just like yeah, trying to clamber for some more market share. Um, I don't know if they ever like if they still have you know ideas of making the their game store the place to go. Right. Um, but it's definitely a place. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a place more than some other places are, you know, like sure. I'm sure, I'm sure like whatever EA's game launcher is, is trash compared to <laughs> Epic Games one. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think that's pretty attractive, right? Because the first six months, like that's, that's surely when your video game has the biggest impact, right? That's where totally. most of the revenue would be found. So to get a hundred percent, that's, uh, that's, that's nothing to uh, shake your tail at. I think it's really attractive for people who don't have a publisher deal. Um, like right. if you're self-published or if you are a publisher who's publishing like maybe a smaller game, um, yeah, because yeah, in the, in the former instance, if you were, if you're publisherless and you could just reap the rewards of having a su- successful launch on Epic game store, that'd be dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you are locking out that first six months of exclusivity and not having it available on other platforms means that it's not available to as wider audience as you could have hoped. Like right. it's, it's pretty hard. You got to have like the right kind of marketing set up for that. And if, if you're an indie, you probably don't have <laughs> the right kind of marketing set up to be able to launch a game on Epic Game Store, you know? So it's, it's kind of just like a bit of a weird, mm, uh, yeah, like I said, like there's a bit of a grab for some market share. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe, maybe not as exciting as I initially suspected. It's definitely interesting news. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's like, oh, Epic making a play. <laughs> yeah okay and we'll just sit back and watch steam do absolutely nothing because they don't yeah, need to they don't need to yeah yeah all right um well i just skimmed over the next two pieces of chicken that i'm flinging you and these are rotten nugs these <laughs> these pieces of chicken suck i thought they were uh, fresh from this morning uh, oh, I'm have sorry. they aged that fast yeah the first one was fresh and then the uh the next two were kind of caught in this weird returnal time trap where they aged really quickly mm. uh so we got some shitty marketing from pete hines who is the head of marketing at bethesda and he did an interview well it's weird because he's the head of marketing at bethesda and he was talking to todd howard of bethesda right. and for some and for some reason this interview was published even though like they can just talk to each other every day yeah um and todd was like how's starfield going and pete hines was like I've played for 80 hours, but I haven't started the main quest. And Todd I hate said, all these fucking stories, dude. Jesus oh, Christ. Dude. I'm it's... so sick of hearing about <laughs> <laughs> the billion planets and the trillion hours and the lifetimes lost to this game that doesn't exist and has never been seen by anyone. Christ. <laughs> oh, God. It's coming yeah. out in a week. I know. What do we I do know. with this? Sorry, I, I didn't uh, mean to yell over you there. Go, go oh, on. no, you don't understand how much life that gives me because I'm exactly <laughs> the same. I mean, let's be real. It's no, uh, what was that game? Dying Light 2, 500 hours. But it it is just marketing trash, right? And, mm. oh, man, I, I actually lent my Xbox to someone for a couple of months because they were really excited for Starfield. And 
I just love when people are really excited for video games and I I think I made his month because I I was just like I'm not going to touch it for two months because I've got this PS5 going and I've got Game Pass and you can play Starfield for free. And yeah. he, was just, he was frothing. So like, I feel that's that's my Starfield interaction. You know, I probably won't play it, but I hopefully made someone else happy by allowing them to play it. <laughs> that's very valid. I like that a lot. Um, all right. So we're just throwing Starfield in the bin now. Uh, yeah, dude, this other nug is even worse than the Starfield nug. <laughs> um, although it did interest me a little bit because uh, with the current console generation, we've just got the flat-out PS5. There's no PS5 Mini, there's no PS5 Pro. It's just that big, ugly behemoth that sits there and you can buy it and there are no other models. Right. But with Xbox, you got the Series X, which is the PS5 equivalent, also big and ugly, um, probably loud, I don't know. And then you've got the Series S, which is what I've got because it was dirt cheap. And the Series S has a solid state hard drive and it seems to play all the latest games just at great specs. So I was really confused when I bought it. Like I thought maybe I was getting ripped off or something, but it's great. It plays all the latest games. It's amazing. Mm. And so I was like, why... Why would you buy a Series X when yeah. this is literally $500 cheaper? Mm. It it doesn't make any sense. And I've been waiting for this piece of news. I've been waiting for a game that runs on the Series X, but not the Series S. Oh. Because Microsoft kind of came out and said, this little console is always going to be able to run what the big console can run. And so now with Baldur's Gate 3, oh, no way. Uh, Larian has, uh, they're determined to release on Xbox, Xbox this year. So it's going to have the full release on Series X. Right. But when it releases on Series S, which is the little one, it's not going to have co-op. It's not going to oh. have split screen. Wow. And so... Larian have basically come out and they, they had a pretty good statement. It was very honest. They just said, look, we can't get it running well under the constraints of the hardware. Yeah. And that is, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. And they said that, you know, they're going to try a bunch of other things and, and try and get it working for the Series S. So hopefully split screen will come later. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time that a game is coming out on these consoles and there's like a, a, a difference between the... Uh, the versions that it will release on that's interesting it also feels like a little bit of um you know it's like it's not it, it is coming out but just not the full version you know it's like mm. yeah it's 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 interesting the um i would say that's totally fine like unless mm. you're really planning on like having a serious sesh partner like a one other person who plays <laughs> this game with you then it's probably not the biggest of a drawback and I, I actually think it might be best played alone but i haven't you know i haven't tried playing it with one other person maybe it's dope but i just feel like you know, the way that they've set up the co-op in that is not uh not to my taste i don't know really because uh that divinity co-op is a spicy maple that's a good time yeah i mean have you ever played that with more than one other person yeah oh and it was good it was fantastic oh yeah, maybe I just was felt I felt rushed or something playing um, the 
Baldur's Gate 3 with, with, with work people because it was like a lunch break or something. But yeah, I don't know. So I need more experience with it. But yeah, I, I kind of don't feel super bad about that being a solo thing or a single player thing for a little while. Right, I think, I think okay. that's going to be totally fine. Yeah. Um, and if it's not, I'll loan you my computer. It'll be, it'll be all good. <laughs> Amazing. Very generous. Thank you. Uh, but that's where my generosity ends. I've got no more chicken. That's, oh. uh, yeah, that's, that's the best I could scrape up. All right. I got one bag chip. Are you ready? I'm so ready. All right. Um, so my ex favorite game. No, no, that's not true. A game that I used <laughs> Bi- to play. Bioshock? No, uh, <laughs> Warframe, aka Grindframe. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, had a TennoCon the other day, which is their like conference that they have once a year. Um, Hold on, can we just take a quick aside? Can I be really honest about Warframe? Warframe was one of those games I booted up because you had talked about it a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You love Warframe, and I love that you love Warframe, but it was one of those recommendations where I booted up and I was like, who is Joe Tool really? <laughs> Warframe <laughs> I mean, is the game that's been been there for me when I was quite sad or not feeling like right. I could do anything else but watch the number go up, you know? Like that's <laughs> yeah. Warframe for me. I would I would not play it these days. I would boot it up and be like so bored <laughs> straight away. <laughs> but if right. all I want to do is like mindlessly shoot guys and watch the number go up, then I think that's that's where I would go. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it was there for you at, at times of great need. Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So in any case, uh, they had TennoCon and uh, announced a bunch of stuff. Their new game, Soul Frame, got a trailer, I think, and some gameplay. Haven't Ooh. watched it yet, but I think it looks pretty cool from last I saw. I saw some, some other gameplay previously. Um, yeah. And it's an interesting thing, you know, the studio has sort of split in two. There's uh, the part of the studio that is working on Soulframe and part of the studio that is still working on Warframe. Um, right. And it doesn't at all seem as though Warframe has kind of been left in the lurch. Like, it's not like, you know, they took all the best devs and brought them over to Soulframe. They're still doing dope shit over in the Warframe section of the the ward. And oh, um, the ward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. We don't we don't need another Bioware on our hands. No. Oh, that is news. That is something that happened. Didn't Bioware fire a bunch of people? Uh, probably. Did you hear about I that? I mean, I I didn't actually. No, okay. it was just happenstance that I know the Bioware teams, you know, they split, but they just threw their absolute trash at at the new Mass Effect. And then the old A team who did the original Mass Effect left. So like Bioware kind of shot themselves in the foot, which it sounds like they've done uh, again. the Warframe. It sounds like they've done it again, but it sounds like the Warframe uh, peeps have not done this. Digital Extremes has been one of those studios that continually seems to be doing good stuff, you know, like they're, right. even though, you know, Warframe, it might not be for you and probably isn't for me, at least until I become sad again one day, potentially. <laughs> Um, yeah but it is really popular and it is free to play and uh it does have a you know thriving community um Mm -hmm. and apparently it's a great place to work as well uh but yeah just a brief aside before we get back to the warframe story bioware laid off around 50 employees as work on mass effect and dragon age slows down or draws to an end i should say wait draws to an end really yeah i think they're 
Oh, oh, hang on. No, let me read the rest of this. It continues, not draws to an end. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. I feel like that's those both of those games have been in development for a very long time. Mm, still going, apparently. N- yeah, none of the original staff are there. You know, it's been nearly 10 years since Dragon Age Inquisition. Jesus that's, Christ. That's a long time. Um, yeah, so they've let go of 50 veteran staff. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, in order good. to become, quote unquote, a shift towards a more agile and more focused studio. <laughs> that just reads like they're ageist. We've yeah, got yeah. rid of all the experienced trash yeah. who were on like 140 a year. Yeah. And, Only uh, juniors here now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that yeah. sounds fucked. Yeah. Um, sorry. So to return to the Warframe story, Warframe have announced a new update called Whispers in the Walls, um, which is, uh, you know, their updates are fairly beefy. Usually they're like three to four hours long of like whole new story content and playable stuff and characters and stuff, you know, things to do and it's all free. Um, Mm -hmm. and this one is like 90s themed. It's set in 1999 and the trailer, yeah. And I was going to make a joke about it being Matrix themed, and uh, because you know whispers in the walls, that's how they get they get oh, found out. Right. An Agent Smith bust through the wall. Yeah. Um, but 1999 is when the Matrix came out. Maybe coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, I mean, so another a, a tidbit is that the person who was previously creative director on Warframe at Digital Extremes, oh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, anyway, he left to, to go and work on Soulframe. So he sort of was like, okay, my time has come. Time for me to move on. I'm not going to leave the <laughs> studio, but I'm going to make this new thing called Soulframe. Right. Um, and then he uh, gave the creative director job to someone named Rebecca Ford. And Rebecca Ford does the voice of Lotus in Warframe. And she's also been a community director there for many, many years. She won uh, 30 under 30 several years back, four or five years ago. Right, um, her work Good on Warframe's community, and mm-hmm. so yeah, she's she's now heading up a creative director, which is really cool. And it kind of I don't know, she must be a '90s kid, um, mm. and has done this. And the trailer is dope. It's got a song by Nine Inch Nails, "Into the Void," playing throughout. Oh fuck, hell yeah! Um, and it features a lot of like CRT and um, you know, l- less space stuff, more like yeah, um, turn of the century stuff. Right, sick. I love that. I feel like Nine Inch Nails are just kind of timeless, you know? I feel like their music is coming around again. Like, they were so huge in the 90s and early noughties, and I feel like that stuff is just being, like, regurgitated back up in modern video games, and it's so cool to see. Totally. Yeah, I mean, that's it's always the sign of, like, that yeah that timeless stuff you know Mm -hmm. if it really stands the test of time it is still relevant (laughs) into the future and it is still cool to hear you know like yeah he's he's trent resner's voice come on and and you're like oh i remember (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck yeah um yeah it's a sign of getting old but it's also hella good Um, (laughs) speaking of I was going to say hella good, but I'm not sure if that's quite my opinion. But oh. shall we uh, slide into some Armored Core 6 discourse? 
let's do it. Tell me if you, yeah, tell me what your um, slightly not so good opinions might be. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, so I need to stress. We got together. Yeah. We played a lot. We had one of those classic kind of housemate days where you just sit down and you play video games all day. Mm-hmm. And I just cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that. 10 out of 10. Um, and despite some of Armored Core's uh, shortfalls, it was a great game to kind of pass the controller back and forth. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of difficult bosses and stuff where like you get to see like I got to see your play style and then watch the boss's move set and then I could maybe try a few things when it was my turn. Really cool for, mm. for that kind of deal. Um, and so yeah, I think I I mentioned on this podcast a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't that interested in Armored Core after I watched that Varty video video yes. where yeah. he he it's like an hour and a half and it was it was a great video. He plays through all of the Armored Core games, and they all look very similar, and you do the same things in each game, and uh, it just didn't really seem that appealing to me after seeing that video and so going into armored core 6 i'm all about the hype you were excited and i totally fed off that Mm -hmm. uh and so we get playing and the movement is incredible it and it it was always going to be there's no way that FromSoft was going to put out a game where like the combat and the movement sucks it's just it's very polished it's really great but it is exactly like those previous Armored Core titles. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. I think it's a good thing for Armored Core fans, but it's a bad thing for me who is not really an Armored Core fan. So the kind of big difference in mission quality is, is maybe one of my big points where you'd have these incredible missions where like we both played, we replayed a mission just so I could play it where you take down this big four legged, like AT. Yeah. Like a big Walker. And then you have to get off it. You know, you bring down its legs and then you climb up its side and you tackle all its weak points and then you bail because it explodes and the scale from soft are so good at scale and you Mm. really feel it. And then there are other missions where it's just a bunch of grey corridors. You (laughs) dispatch these putrid weaklings and then the mission (laughs) ends 90 seconds later. And you get that Black Mirror experience where you see your snotty nose and big eyes in (laughs) In the black screen. Yeah, of the TV, and you're like, what am I doing with my time? And it was wild to me how consistent FromSoft are with with a lot of their games since Demon's Souls, with all of the areas, all of the design implementation, and this felt very wishy-washy to me. Mm. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I I would agree that I think some of the missions are way less of a big deal than other missions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, they paced them in a, an, an unusual way where they probably could have done away with some of them. They feel a bit like anime filler. Yeah. Um, but that said, I think some of that is to give you places to go to earn more money. If you're running short to do like, if you don't want to go do the Walker for the third time, you can go and do a short mission and earn a little bit less money, but still get some money and just like, you know, right. do a little bit of grinding if you have to. Yeah. Um, 
which isn't an unusual thing for a dark or a souls like game you know you go and you kill a bunch of skeletons over and over again to get some extra souls to get that level Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, it's you go and you fight the student AC a few more times to be able to afford the tank treads or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ye- yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's my kind of response to that part. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily mind it. I, I really like the aspect of going like, oh, there was like a couple of like not so big missions. Uh, I'm gonna go do some of the arena stuff. Like, I don't think we did much arena stuff when you were over. We did like no, a few we, of those. Yeah, the arena seemed really cool, which yeah. is a, a mode that was in those original Armored Core games where it'd just be you and an AI-controlled, unique uh, AC. Is that what yeah. they call them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it was really cool to see those. It seemed like the balance was maybe a bit off in those first few just because they wanted it to be easy for beginners. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine later stages in that arena mode would be really awesome. Totally. Um, and the, yeah, so for me, it's like, oh, I'll play some Armored Core and I'll like do a little main mission. It's like, oh, it wasn't very long ago. Do some arena, like change my build mm-hmm. a few times because the arena whips me really hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, I'll go, and, I'll go and do a main mission. And then it is a big mission. I'm like, oh, cool. I need to cool down. So it'll give me some little missions. Um, so I, I don't really mind the pace so much. And I actually really like the way that they've not tried to do that. It's a big open world and you're just a little man. you got to find your way around. <laughs> What's that over there? You know, like, it's just like, here's a mission. Go kill this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say it's- the story it leaves a lot to be desired. At least the first <laughs> couple of acts are like, Handler Walter Ooh. is like, you said he sounds like he's always sitting on the toilet and now I can't unhear it. The sound of Handler Walter being like, 621, what are you doing? You know, like, I hate, I hate it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No Japanese voice acting option. Yeah, that is, was devastating. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a real miss because the, the story is really lame and the presentation of the story is frankly terrible. It's yeah. a, a lot, like they just show images of the cockpit that your mech is housed in and you've got this boring porcelain throne <laughs> sitting motherfucker just <laughs> expositing for three minutes. Yeah. And and he never had anything decent to say. Like, you're effectively a merc and you're being hired for these jobs. And sometimes the jobs are for corporations and sometimes they're for the rebellion. But you you don't even care really like yeah, at, there's at, no at, choice you know right yeah. right and so you're just in this for the money and you don't even have that much of a drive that's related to the story like you don't have any character motivations you just want money to build a better mech and that's cool like for the player that's really mm. exciting and that's I loved that aspect of it where we would choose missions that gave us more money first so that we could apply that to the the mech, you know, the buy the shop, change the mech a bit, balance all that stuff. Really, really cool. And that's that's another really great thing. The combat, amazing. The mech shop stuff, amazing. I loved it. Dude, I love. There's also a screen that we only glanced at, which is like next level. You go to like the detailed view. And oh my god, <laughs> there's like ideal ranges for a bunch of weapons that we didn't even look at. You know, like oh you try to like shit. keep your AC a certain distance away from the target once you know what your ideal range is for the weapon that you're using, and it becomes right. this like chasey game. Uh, yeah, 
which is hard because it's like, that's just like, they don't teach you that in any of the tutorials, which is my other downfall or like thing that I don't really like about this game. Tell me what you think about the tutorials. Oh my God. Okay. So if we talk, if we, did we do an episode of tutorials? I think we did. It was probably a million years ago. Anyway, if you talk about tutorials, just let's, let's talk through the best tutorials, you know, Mega Man X, Mm -hmm. uh, fucking Limbo, Mm-hmm. Um, inscription Dark Souls is up there Filing Shrine is one of the best designed 3D action tutorials ever mm-hmm. and it and it's in the way they present the information to you obviously Dark Souls is much less complicated than all of its successes because they just built upon that formula but with Filing Shrine everything is related to the world so if you need to learn how to swing your weapon, you read a message and it tells you how to swing your weapon. And that message is something that you'll see other players leave and you can leave yourself. So it's all cohesive mm. and it all it's beautiful. And for whatever reason, every single game FromSoft has released after that, their tutorials have just been worse <laughs> yeah. and worse. Like Dark Souls mm. 2 and 3, just borderline because there's too much information and they don't actually give you all of it like they do at Firelink Shrine. And, you know, they don't tell you how the fucking blacksmith works, but that is pretty self-explanatory when you find the blacksmith. Mm. But... When you get into Sekiro and then Elden Ring, those are just the worst. There's like 40 pop-up boxes that freeze the game. There's a bunch of text. Like, it's just so jilting and it's, it's not... It doesn't fit in with their game design philosophy because they mm. have so much attention to detail. And so in their current trend where they design one of the best tutorials going, especially for a 3D action game, it's all been going downhill. This is the bottom. So, <laughs> we found the bottom, folks. Oh, my God. So <laughs> the Armored Core tutorial, just like Sekiro and Elden Ring, you playing the game, you, you get a freeze frame and you get all this text about something. This is how you shoot your weapon. This is Mm -hmm. how stamina works or fuel or whatever it is. Um, And then you start unlocking these training videos Mm -hmm. and you do the training video and it's exactly the same as what you've already done. You know, this is how you shoot. This is how stamina works, except it gives you more information. So the initial tutorial <laughs> just left out a bunch of shit and it's not yeah. trivial. Like yeah. it's it's specific button presses yeah. relating to <laughs> movement or weapons and it's just it blows my mind. Like what are you doing over there? You've created yeah. this incredible game. It's got, I mean I say incredible game, but you've, you've got incredible combat. You've it got an incredible yeah great gameplay both in the resource management and like the action and you've just put this big piece of shit right in front of it that you've got to wade through to get to the good stuff it's it's It's, crazy it's it's extremely weird so yeah they did the tutorial videos which you call them are also i think they're more like little mini tutorial stages right um but they Mm -hmm. did a weird thing right they did like you boot up the game it throws you right in here's a little cutscene that throws you in and then, yeah, they do the freeze frame thing where they like stop the game, make you read a little message and they put you back in. But then after you're done with that, they're like, okay, 
there's actually tutorial missions. It's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me I played the tutorial and now I got to play more tutorial? <laughs> why didn't I just play the tutorial and then play the game? You know, like, yeah. or, or why didn't you just teach me through playing the game? You know, like put me in situations where, I don't know, like I, I had to do one thing at a time to be able to figure out how that one thing worked, you know, like in Mega Man. Um, another mm -hmm. great example of a tutorials that slap are in inscription. The way that mm. game gets taught to you is just chef's kiss. Oh man, um, it's genius. Yeah. It just, it's the, genius. Yeah, and it's through playing the game, you know, it's not like it's stuff comes up on screen and like explains to, I mean, the guy talks to you, but that he's talking to you in world. It's right. not like a message. And, and that's the thing. And that's what FromSoft have, are so good at. Like, if you look at their storytelling, you experience the ruin of the world you're exploring by exploring it. It's yeah. not, you might get a couple of lines of dialogue or whatever, but you're, you're picking up items and, and you become a part of the world and that's what informs you about it. And it's so weird that they don't just apply that same ethos to the tutorial design, which yeah. I feel is really important. It's it's kind of like the first couple of pages of a book, you know? Totally. If, like, pages 50 to 350 slap, but the first 50 pages suck, I mean, books are a lot less expensive than a full-price <laughs> video game. Yeah. But but still, I feel like the analogy stands. It's, yeah. it's one thing to have a really complex game, which is fully amazing and an armored core is complex there's a lot going on that you need to learn about but there are a bunch of other games with complexities that handle it really well like mm. god of war 2018 i'm not one to get up and talk about how good that game is but the first hour of that game that fucking slaps that mm -hmm. that gets you in there and it's it there's no you know you're just playing it yeah. You get accosted by the god and it's like R2 to punch and then you punch him 3,000 times and <laughs> yeah. you, you, don't, you don't need a text box. You don't yeah. need a text box to tell you R2 is punch. You're doing it and it's like exciting. Yeah. And I, I, think, I think they just, I don't know, if uh, the, the game itself is, is designed by different people who designed yeah. the tutorial but it it really feels like it's almost a different studio that steps in and is like, all right, this is how you play this yeah, game. And they tutorialize it for you. You guys step <laughs> yeah. aside. I know you've done it well once, but let's try again. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, <clears throat> so I feel like they had like a great opportunity to do this. Even in the opening cutscene, you launch from like an orbital base onto Rubicon. And as you get launched, some like also orbital laser shoots you down and mm -hmm. sort of sends you off trajectory a little bit mm -hmm. um use that as the thing that maybe like as it shot you the weapons that were supposed to be with you didn't get launched and they are gone and so you have to go mm -hmm. and pick up the, your primary weapon and then it like you know opens the uh the mech building screen just for this section of gameplay and it shows you how to put the primary weapon in and it mm -hmm. points to some mm -hmm. stats and you're like all right cool these are the main stats dope and then it puts you in the game pull the right trigger to shoot the primary weapon. It throws you a few enemies that are like, you know, one shot kills with the primary, which exists. Um, there's no text, you know, it's just, it just gives you the game to play. And then it's like, okay, here's how the shoulder, uh, the, um, the missiles launch on your shoulder. Here's how you lock on. No people 
got up to like that first main boss and didn't understand how multi-lock worked. Like I only understood <laughs> it by watching a Vati video. video. <laughs> right. There's like a little number that shows up next to the guys once, once you know, to show you which ones are locked onto and how many missiles are assigned to each. But I didn't see right. that when I was playing. Yeah, no, neither did I. Not explained and- to you. Yeah, goddamn. And it's it's a pity because there's a lot going for that game. It absolutely has the cool factor, that oh, yeah. opening cutscene where you're shot from orbit onto the planet. That is fucking sick. There's no universe where being shot onto a planet in a giant mech isn't fucking sick. Yeah. And and there's a lot of points in the game where you did something or i did something and we both just said that was cool as hell yeah <laughs> you know? the game is at its best when you're trying to be cool you know mm, like you're you're mm. like uh, combat dashing or whatever it's called combat boosting into like a giant mech enemy and you dodge to the mm, side and their missile flies mm. past the screen and you you sword them twice and then dash out of the way of their attack you know like it, the, yeah. the gameplay is just like incredible it's just mm. it's it's like a wet dream for a big robot fan like me <laughs> um, and so yeah i really have been enjoying it i just yeah like i said i wish the tutorial was was functional and i oh. wish the um story had a little bit more to say maybe it does towards the second and third act but um because they are starting to like throw some stuff in there about rubicon's fires and like the natural disasters oh. and people that live oh. there and stuff but it's not it's not any anywhere like what I thought it would be where you would, yeah, like when we first started playing, it was like, why is our brain fried? We never find out. <laughs> You're just a guy. Yeah, it, it was one of those things. And I think I said this when we were playing where for the past decade, FromSoft has always been like, these are the four big dudes you need to watch out for them in the yeah. world you're about to spend 100 hours in. Funnily enough, this game could have really benefited from something like that. These are the four most badass mech dudes out there and you gotta you got to trash them. Mm. And that would have given you some kind of goal on a long-term thing because you've got all that short-term cyclical stuff where Mm. you do a mission you get money you buy stuff from the shop you do a mission Mm. you get money and like that's exciting because you're building the mech and you're getting more intimate with all of its components and how they support each other but you don't really until you see it you know until you're actually in a boss fight fighting some great danger you you don't you can't plan for it Mm. and i guess saying that out loud like there is something there that could be exciting you know the surprise of being in a in a boss fight where you've got to change your build i really like that um i really like that concept but it just i just feel like it needs a bit more maybe because the story and the presentation is so lackluster Mm. it just it needed something spicy even if they just animate the fuck out of it and they had all these dudes trash talking you like wouldn't it be cool if you you know you had your handler or whatever his his name was walter the handler and walter betrays you and then he he feeds your radio line to someone else and they start trashing you and you decide to go out and get them you know, and you've got to battle, you've got to go through the regions to find this big, powerful mech person who's trashing you and trash them back. I feel like there are just so many opportunities that 
they could have done better, but it feels like the old games were holding them back because it does look so similar to the old games. And like you say, that tutorial, I mean, I feel like I could piss a better tutorial onto the bathroom floor. (laughs) It it is really the worst I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, look, it, it gets you the information, but it does it in such a horrible, incomplete way. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. As for the the big bads, I would have loved because there's like all these different uh, manufacturers and corporations that you come kind of like come across. Mm. It'd been cool to be like, here is um, Feng Sheng or whatever it's called, and they like show you know them kind of assembling their big bad to like get ready to go and like you know take on Rubicon and and be there main ac and then it's like mm. oh here is uh whatever it's called atlas i don't know another another corpo and him yeah. he's like a little clip of them building their terrifying big you know you don't actually have to see the big bad you can just see like them slotting the gun into its hand or something you know you get a mm. sense of of what that that actually have something for you coming that is terrifying just a little yeah. hint and I, yeah i love your idea of like walter betraying you and you know like feeding your data to the other to yeah to the highest bidder to just like (laughs) make some money which is like you know it's the whole name of this thing is like exploiting this planet for its resource right it just feels like a big missed opportunity it feels like it there just needs to be something because it feels like there's nothing and honestly it feels like the first fromsoft game that is double a if that right. makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I know it's a full-priced game and there's a lot of full-priced content there. The the balancing of all the components, the mech designs, it's so elaborate and it's yeah. it's really cool to see. But it it also feels really basic in a lot of the ways we talked about where like the tutorial slapped together, the presentation of the story is super sketch. The story sucks. The voice acting, I mean, it's English voice acting and FromSoft have never been known to kind of be at the forefront of that. And I think it's certainly um, passable to good in this, but yeah, if they just had something that you wanted to listen to or something to intrigue you even, it's yeah it's wild that they've created all this content they've obviously got a really big or like deep understanding of the world that they're working in you know this is the sixth mainline armored core they've got a history there the mercs the you know capitalism all that stuff but yeah it just feels so empty in a lot of ways and Mm. the core is there the gameplay the shop amazing but yeah just it's not it's not quite there it's like this game feels like it should have been 50 bucks full price not not 90 yeah gotcha um yeah i agree um i all like i said all of that all of that said i am having a great time and it's going to be in my game of the year list for sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, sick that's great yeah i I will say I was very uh, enamored with that back and forth between mm. combat and finding gear and building your mech. And they, uh, they've they implemented that really well. So we talked about it a little bit, but when you're designing your mech, you can choose what goes in the right arm, the left arm, the right shoulder, the left shoulder, and you can you can just... You can double up, you can have two shotguns, you can mix it up with like a sword and an assault rifle, and it seems like they've gone ham. Like there are a lot of options, some of them are expensive, so you need to save up. So that that kind of 
interior player experience where you are doing the missions so that you can buy that thing you can't afford that is delicious and that's that's the kind of shit i get addicted to where i get stuck in this loop well not stuck because i'm having a great time but i get stuck (laughs) in this loop where i'm i'm thinking to myself oh yeah if i just do this one more mission and then i can get that compressor and that'll allow me to like store my energy blah 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 and and so yeah that that type of of gameplay that that we saw a little bit during that day was very appealing here's the other thing as well is that maybe maybe we're just misunderstanding what an armored core game is you know it's like we're pointing at like devil daggers or like um what's the (laughs) other one that was also from the devil daggers people but yeah we're we're looking at a game like downwell or devil daggers we're like where's the story you know like (laughs) There's, there's no tutorial it's like you know like this is not that kind of game it maybe we're just like scratching at a at an itch that doesn't even exist that's a great call out that's a great call out and yeah i mean it could be i it's it's very i think we said it already it's very much an armored core game for right. better or for worse yeah um and i think if you're an armored core fan it's probably a huge win um but for me it it definitely it had an element of weirdness that is attractive, mm-hmm. the, like the weird level design, the the missions, the way they lay out everything. It just, it feels weird. It feels like a PS2 game or a totally. PS1 game. Yeah, even. yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, it felt weird to me and maybe a bit disappointing because right. the level design in all their games is so incredible. And so a lot of the level design in this didn't even feel like level design at all. <laughs> like like those old, you know, some of those old PS1 and PS2 games where it was just hallways and rooms. And yeah. that's that's all it was. There was not really any thought into the pacing um, until like later on. And so, yeah, it's just, it. yeah, I don't know. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a weird, if you... It's one of those things where you've you've got to like play games from that era or play Armored yeah. Core, and you'll know what I mean. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I think there are, there is something. It, I don't necessarily agree that it's like bad level design. I think there is you know bits no. in the, that you're saying that it's bad level design. But yeah, it's definitely different to what they have done before with like the branching path that all sort of circle back. That element that is kind of yeah. Firelink Shrine idea, you know, everything returns to Firelink Shrine. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. And maybe it's also like that I'm enjoying it because it's so not that. It's so fresh. Right. It's like, well, not fresh. It's like, you know, it's ancient meter that has been aged in the... <laughs> it's really old school, you know, like a, a battle screen where it's like, pick your mission, dude. <laughs> like, what the heck? Can you imagine like filing shrine, you go on the rest of the thing and there's like a menu that pops up and it's like, where do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It's not, it's not bad. It's just old and it's yeah. a bit weird. And, and yeah, it is worth making that distinction. Um, also, this is, this is just the fucking this is the episode. Core episode. You're, you're doing your topic next week. I think where- it's, yeah. Yeah, we're just moving things along. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why you see what I said about putting it at the end of the news. Like I knew there was something bubbling. We had to spot I, it. I had no idea. I yeah. thought we, I was just going to have a couple of opinions. But when you started with the tutorial, I'm, I didn't realize I was so <laughs> passionate about tutorials. <laughs> for sure, for sure. 
Um, well, we've been going for a little over an hour. Shall we just wrap her up? Let's let's wrap her up. I don't. I can't think of any final thoughts to uh, you know put the cherry on top of the armored core cake. I think for what it's worth, it is a very good game with a lot of flaws, but there is a hell of a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I as well wanted to say that we haven't actually done an episode about tutorials. Have we not? Really? We've, we've done the first hour, um, which might have mentioned tutorials. Oh, um, But we haven't actually strictly done an episode. And now I'm just waiting for you to, like, leap in there and pre-type tutorials as one of your <laughs> future topics, <laughs> which has been stolen. I, I mean, clearly I've got to do it. I had no idea that was, that was in me. Yeah. I mean, you got some great topics coming up. And then we got Game Club, where the, the pod is alive. <laughs> the pot is alive and well we hope you're having a lovely time if you'd like to tell us just how lovely a time you're having you can email us at it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com please do uh we love your emails and yeah we'll see you next time it's almost the weekend again hell yeah bye, bye.